Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Playful Humans podcast. I'm your host, Mike Montague, and my guest this week, Brendan Marasami, is a public speaking coach. You can find him at Master Talk on YouTube or Rockstar Communicator. There's a free training there. Uh, it's about 90 minutes you can jump into if you want to learn more about how to be a great public speaker. And if you want to rediscover the power of play as an adult, you can go to playfulhumans.com. We have a personality quiz there. You can join the club of other playful humans like Brendan and I, uh, or just uh, find a great way to have fun and enjoy more of your life. Don't wait for start with the joke of the week the joke of the week this week is brought to you by the song hello uh, when i mention the song hello if you think of lionel richie instead of adele you're probably sore at some point on your body um what do you call poetry that's written backwards brendan poetry that's written backwards why are i have no idea <laughs> uh that's inverse inverse uh okay <laughs> Uh, not a great joke. Do you have one for us? Oh, <laughs> that's the joke. Oh, gotcha. That was great, Mike. Yeah, so my joke is something I, I always use in very serious situations, especially when I was in university. When, I, when I'm supposed to say yes to something, they go, Brendan, what do you think about some, this? And I always respond, as Shakespeare once said, oh my god yes <laughs> i like that i've been doing a great one since you do a lot of communication training you know at the end of bad presentations right people always go like uh so any more questions and i like to hit them with like uh what do you think jesus does for santa claus on his birthday <laughs> <laughs> that's always a good one or uh if tomatoes a fruit uh does that make ketchup a jelly <laughs> i have to use these yeah, uh, it's great, especially when people throw out that. All right, uh, end of the meeting. Any more, you know, any more questions? Anything else anybody's uh, wondering about? <laughs> throw out a good one like that. Um, all right, so um, this podcast is really simple. We just want to learn more about you and how you play for a living. From watching you on YouTube and the stuff that you're doing, I get the feeling that you're a very playful human. Have you ever had like a boring office cubicle job? Uh, did you, were you always playful? How did that work out for you? I mean, let, let's start here, Mike. When I was 12 years old and I graduated from elementary school, you know, those yearbooks they always do. And they yeah. always ask the kids, what do you want to do when you grow up? And everyone goes, you know, stand-up comedian, actor, astronaut. You know what I answered? I answered accountant. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. Uh, fun fact, I wanted to be a radio DJ, and I did that. It, it turns out, though, that uh, fifth graders are really bad at picking careers. So um, <laughs> I don't do that anymore. But, uh, you know, I pulled it off. And you know what's funny? That's hilarious, by the way. Is for seven years I never changed my mind. So I never thought it was a creative guy. I was like, I thought it was like cool to talk to, but I never thought it was like this flamboyant, charismatic uh, person. And I still don't really think that. But then when I got to university and I started playing with these co competitions, then I started the YouTube channel. Somebody told me once, I think six months into the channel, 
that like, hey, I, I love what you're doing. I was like, oh, I'm not that creative. And then she just looked at me and said, how are you not creative? You're like making YouTube videos on communication. I said, oh, yeah, I guess I am. So th that's my path. <laughs> well, it's funny because I had the same thing. I think we have a, a lot in common that for me, I was in uh, it sounds very bad to say, but there's no way to like humble brag, not humble brag this. Um I was good with computers and intelligent and stuff. And I was a little dyslexic. So I always got bad scores and, you know, writing and English and stuff like that. And I wasn't ever artistic, like drawing. I spent too much time playing sports to practice, uh, you know, drawing or anything that took that much focus. So I thought I wasn't creative either. And it wasn't until like college when I started running into, you know, I think like, better teachers that saw potential or I started having the confidence to go and try things like acting or competitions and karaoke and, and stuff that I was able to come out of my shell and really see that you don't have to be like a bow tie wearing clown to be creative or you don't have to be artistic like painting landscapes to be able to create something like a YouTube video. And I, I think that's a really good lesson for everybody because both of us have had a lot of success at it. And if you had to pick, yeah, people in, in high school or whatever, you wouldn't have picked us to have the most popular YouTube channels in the school, right? No, man. I thought, I thought to be frank, this is playful humans. I thought YouTube was for rich white kids. That's what I thought YouTube was for. So I, I was focused on getting a job like everyone else. It just led into something I never thought it would. Now, tell us a little bit about public speaking and, and the work that you do, because I think people inherently see this as something playful. Uh, some people are very boring, rigid, like public speakers. I had to follow one time at a keynote conference, this uh, <laughs> professor that was like, uh, had a PhD in um, uh, what do you call it? Like uh, what's arborist, like an arborist uh, about trees. And he was going through like the scientific, you know, genome, for trees right before I got up there to do like the playful keynote, like motivation. <laughs> so guys, trees. Yeah. Tough room. I mean, the good news is the bar was set pretty low. So I got to come in and bring some playful fun to it. But I think other than that, uh, there are definitely boring presentations. I think people that want to be public speakers are inherently a little bit playful. They see this as like their way to be an actor or a performer. Would you agree? I do. And and to, to touch on the bigger point, Mike, is the people who are great at communication, to your point, like yourself, right? The, their frame of reference is different around communication. Let's say we take kids that are growing up, especially theater kids. Not all of them can be introverts. I mean, extroverts. Some of them have to be introverted. Which means, why are they all so confident on stage? Because they don't see communication as a chore like most of us do. They see communication as a way to perform, as a way to add value, as a way to create an experience for their audience. But a lot of us don't have that frame of mind. We don't see it as play. There's this great quote that I'm sure you've probably mentioned on Playful Humans in the past by a movie called Yes Man. And in the movie, the, the quote is, the world is our playground. We seem to understand that as children, but somewhere along the way, we forget it. And I feel that's very true with communication. 
Yeah, I agree with that a lot, too. And you mentioned something interesting about introverts. I wonder if you found the same thing that a lot of people in radio like I was are introverts. We're sitting in a room by ourselves telling jokes that we think are funny. We're not in the middle of a crowd, like mixing it up on the dance floor, going crazy. And I found that public speakers are very similar, that if we were extroverts, we would be the salespeople in the crowd or we'd be out working the booth, you know, outside in the hall, not the one on stage, which is sort of an isolated position. And I feel like it's an introverted way to be extroverted, to express yourself safely without having people, you know, throw curveballs at you or, you know, uh, having to mix it up with a lot of people all at, at once. And I found that to be interesting because a lot of people think you have to be like Jim Carrey or Robin Williams to be a good speaker. And those people are actually kind of outliers. And sometimes it's harder to get them to tone it down enough or, or slow down enough to be good communicators than it is to get an introvert to be a really good public speaker. Would you agree with Alan? I, I mean, absolutely, Mike. And I love your perspective on this to a couple of points I, I need to take a note on and teach it to other people. But but I'd say the big piece that you talked about that I'd love to build upon is really what are the strengths of introverts? Because introverts don't really understand why they're great communicators. They just go, oh, yeah, okay, I'm great, sure. So here are the three things. The first one is pausing. Introverts are very comfortable at silencing in their presentations, and it's the most basic technique in communication, but introverts can easily do it. Whereas when you're an extrovert like me, I call myself an extra extrovert. So for me, I'm always like going up on stages and talking to people and yelling at people. That's my thing. So when I'm at a party, it's really hard for me to hold space. So if there's just a pause and nobody's talking, I immediately want to fill that up and go like, so Mike, what's your favorite color? Right? So I'm always trying to fill up the space. Introverts don't have that problem. Number two, listening. Very good listeners. Introverts speak less, so naturally they'll listen more. It's very easy for them to adapt their message to the audience. So they'll get the feedback faster on when to tone it down, when to tone it up, when to change. Whereas the experts just talking, 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 talking. They're not listening to what other people are saying. That's why the feedback isn't implemented as quickly. And the third one you actually touched upon really well that I'll, I'll spin in a different way, which is accessibility. Introverts are actually a lot more accessible as communicators. Why? The reason is because if you're an extrovert like Gary Vaynerchuk, right, the CEO of VaynerMedia, massive social media brand, and I say this because I'm a fan, right? You either like the guy or you don't. I love the guy. A lot of people don't. You can't be in the middle. Nobody is allowed. Got to get into TikTok and Bitcoin, though. <laughs> there you go. But here's the thing, Mike. You can't say I hate Brene Brown. If you say that, the FBI is going to be after you. And that's really the point. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's great. I love that. That's a great analogy. Uh, and I think it sums that up perfectly. Okay. Now I want to talk to you a little bit about your career because on, on this show, we want to inspire other people that are maybe thinking about making the jump or they always had that thing that they wanted to do and didn't do it. And I feel like, uh, you know, whatever you call it, being a YouTuber, influencer, content creator, I kind of prefer like thinking about content creators, that there's this middle class of people that aren't the big, you know, Brene Browns and, and Gary V's, but you can make six figures living the life of your dream, doing what you want and, and nerding out on your, your passion. Right. And I, I think a lot of people, even if most people have never heard of you, uh, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that in your career and how did you, you know, stumble into it? Was this a conscious decision and what have you learned along the way? Of course, Mike. Thanks for reminding me that nobody gives a shit about me, but I really appreciate it. I'm kidding. 
I mean, so you know, tens of thousands of followers on YouTube is a really great number to make money. But that still means that most of the people in the United States have never seen one of your videos. Of right? course, I was just I was just being sarcastic because yeah. of playful humans. So so yes, yours is, is ten times bigger than mine so far. So you know, <laughs> hey, uh, I give you all the credit in the world, and I appreciate I you being on the show. Yeah, I know. I'm just messing with you, man. So so you're absolutely right. I mean, let's paint the picture. I went from accounting. I was at I was at Price Waterhouse Coopers, one of the big four accounting firms. That's how I started my career when I was twenty, to being a technology consultant at IBM, to pivoting again and being a YouTuber and a communication coach. So these jumps are very weird. Like if you had told me at the beginning of my of my university life that by the way you're going to get your dream job and then quit it, you say what's wrong with you? I would be like, are you, is this person mentally ill? Like literally, that would have been my Same reaction for me though. Yeah, right. So yes, it's 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 interesting where life takes you. So so here's what I'll say, Mike. There's actually a lot of directions you can go with this, but I would say the biggest one is don't ask yourself how you want to spend your money. Ask yourself the more important question, which I learned recently because I didn't have a lot of money. Well, I still don't have a lot of money, but enough now that I could live off of it. Is what do you want to do with your time? And this is the question a lot of people don't think enough about, Mike. Is if I made you an instant billionaire, what would you do with your time? So when I had the idea for Master Talk, it was just this you know stupid side project that I was just kind of making videos on. But what I realized later, to your point, and Kevin Kelly talks a lot about this in A Thousand True Fans, this great article that he wrote that everyone should read. And basically what he argues is you don't need a lot of people to make a living. Like in my case, it's actually 100 people. So if I have 50 to 100 people out of my 25,000 who buys my consulting services, I have my full income replaced. And that's how people should think about it, not follower account. But what product or service are you selling in the back end of that YouTube channel or that follower? I love that. And then I wanted to ask you a little bit about imposter syndrome as well, because I think that's the second big kind of stumbling block for everybody. I'm feeling it now with TikTok. I'm in my 40s. I'm not a young blonde girl that can dance. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's I never too late, Mike. No, on YouTube. Uh, but um, I'm wondering what you think about that too, that, that how do we become special, even if we're not special? And is there some sort of imposter syndrome uh, that creeps in when you're teaching other people how to do something? You're like, okay, well, I'm not the world's best public speaker and I'm doing public speaking class or, or for me in playful humans is like, I still get stressed and burned out. That's why I do this. I'm trying to remind myself every day to, to have fun. How does that work out for you? And, and what recommendations would you have for People listening. I mean, I'm the perfect person to ask this question, Mike, because I got a crooked left arm. I have a bachelor's degree in accounting. And in my whole life, I presented a language I didn't even know, right? Because I went to French school in Montreal. That's where I'm based. So uh, I, all of my life, I, I wasn't even speaking in English. I was speaking in French. So it was really difficult for me to speak. And I'm the guy whose average client age is 45. How does that make any sense? Right? So I'm definitely attuned to a bus just to, I had a lot of it earlier in my career anyways. I actually have a simple solution to this. Let's play this out. Let's say I came to Kansas City, right, where you're based. And I said, Mike, I'm in the city. What should I do? I mean, you're a playful guy. You, you're a fun guy. So you're probably going to tell me, we've got to go to this karaoke spot. Unless you're vegetarian, we've got to go to this spot. we got to eat there. we got to hang out there. And you probably will, would come out with me and, and we'd do all these crazy things together. Does that Does that seem fair? Sounds great. Yeah. Pizza, barbecue and karaoke sounds like a perfect night to me. Yeah. 
There you go. In the same way that if you came to Montreal for some random reason, you said, "Hey, Brendan, I'm you know for some training. I'm in the city. What should I do? I'll probably tell. I'll probably hang out with you too. I'll be like, okay, we got to go to this chicken place. Unless you're vegetarian, don't go to this chicken place. That you know, I go to this attraction to do all these things. So why am I giving you this analogy? Don't you find it odd, Mike, that we're even telling each other this information because we're not tour guides." We're not experts in our city. Our dads and our moms aren't the mayor of Kansas City or Montreal. Yet we run our mouth without even thinking. We don't even have that thought. Am I qualified to tell Mike this? Whereas when it comes to other pieces of information, specifically things that we spend a lot of time honing, communication, sales, playful humans, where we go, am I qualified to this? We even bother to ask the question. So the better question is rather, why is there a disconnect? Why is there some piece of information that we just blab and we don't care whether we're credible or not? And there's other pieces of information where we're like, oh my God, am I qualified to do this? Which brings me to the punchline. What is expertise? What is it? A lot of us think it's PhD, master degrees. I don't think that's what expertise is. I think it's be one chapter ahead of the next person. So what's the solution? Mm. Ali Gadet says it best. If you help one person, the world will give you permission to help everyone else. So I started with 15-year-old kids. That's how I built up my expertise. There you and go. And you go from there. Uh, I think that's great. A couple of things came to mind for me. One, for me, I've kind of learned, like you said, other people are not spending time researching play like I am. There's a bunch of books on the, the shelf back here. I just finished another one, uh, a great one uh, last night, that other people aren't doing that. So I, I have knowledge or something to offer because nobody else has my life experience. They haven't lived in Kansas City, like you mentioned, or, or they haven't read all these books or or done these things in my career. The other thing that comes comes to mind for me, though, is that like everybody is special, you know, uh, your arm or my head or whatever. Those give us unique experiences. <laughs> What's wrong with your head? <laughs> <laughs> Mostly, uh, I mean, I haven't had a bad hair day in 12 years. It's a pretty good, uh, <laughs> pretty good. Right. But um, couldn't grow. Yeah, couldn't grow hair if I tried. Um, but I'm thinking that like. <laughs> Um, these are the things that make us special and unique and give us uh, our own like voice that is different from everybody else's. So even if we didn't have any credibility or expertise, there's something about us as just being a unique human on the planet that we have something to offer that's special or different than, than everybody else. Um, and I, I didn't, I don't know how you feel about this. I didn't want to, to uh, bring it up, but since you mentioned the arm, um, how do you deal with that kind of stuff when you go on stage? Because I do have things, whether it's your weight or your hair or skin color or uh, you know any other kind of thing. Do you feel the same thing as me that that's actually like a superpower and not uh, a liability? Or um, was that something that you even had to get over in order to, to be in the public eye? Absolutely, Mike. You can ask me anything, by the way. I'm super easy going, as you probably guessed. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So, so absolutely. So I used to see it as a weakness. I actually never brought it up when I first started guesting because I was just getting started and I wasn't really comfortable with it. I wasn't good at it, at guesting, I mean. But I think what I realized is the answer is actually really simple. And I've been doing it my whole career. It's all about reframing. 
So it's you get to choose. That's what's fun about life, Mike. You get to choose the perception that you hold in life. What does that mean? So you could look at yourself and go, let's say you would take me as an example. What's this 22-year-old going to teach me about communication? Uh, what's it, Who is this guy to make these YouTube videos? Uh, he's got a bachelor's degree. You can make those excuses. Or you could literally say the same thing and it could still make sense in the opposite way. I have a crooked left arm. This is what I tell all my executives. Because all my CEOs, by the way, and I always like to say this on the record, they know I live in my mother's basement. There's not like a secret. Like the guy who's making $7 million, he knows and he still pays me. So why am I saying this? Because I go up to that kid. I call, I call, sorry, I call my clients my kids. But anyways, the point is that I go up to my clients or the people around me and I say, look, I got a left arm. That's that's crooked. When I keynote, it's not hidden. It's just crooked. I got a bachelor's degree and I'm a kid making YouTube videos and presenting a video. What's your bloody excuse? You're not sending video messages to the people around you. You have more wisdom than me. You make more money than me. Okay, some of them don't. But, but you know, you're more successful than me. Why aren't you doing videos? If I'm doing it, you're, you're telling me you have all this experience. Why aren't you? So it's all about the frame that we choose to uncover. And that's yeah. my answer. Uh, I love that. I, I think for me, it's sort of like the imposter syndrome. There's two sides to this one. Everybody has something. So as a middle-class white guy that's cisgendered, you know, <laughs> straight and uh, every, pr- pr- no check, no boxes uh, for any sort <laughs> of, of diversity. Um, <laughs> that's funny. I will tell you like, even we have the head trash then of something that's holding us back or somebody is keeping us down or like um, there's a reason why I sh- shouldn't or, or couldn't be successful. That's, I think, part of just being human that you have to get over. And then the other part is what you know we kind of mentioned is like when you lean into it and you realize, oh, this is what um, gives me the strength. This is what makes it interesting for other people is because it's not like everybody else. Then that's when we really get to the good stuff. Um, so I'll guess I'll just give you one more open question and then we'll get to something fun and wrap up. What is the most fun for you? When are you most alive, most playful, like really like in the present moment, love and life? Oh, uh, so many, so many things, Mike, to, like you, I, I always like to try and have fun with everything I get to do in life. I, I would say the biggest one is spending time with my family in Toronto. You know, I go there every six months. I go see my beautiful six-month-old niece running around doing random shit, you know, not worrying about, you know, work or life, just enjoying it for what it is. I'd say it's the biggest one. The other thing is, you know, I spend an hour a week rapping. That's always fun. I spent 15 minutes just this morning before I started my call with you, just rapping <laughs> to a few songs. So that's it's those uh, little things. That is awesome. And I think we mentioned uh, here, you karaoke in eight different languages. I hosted karaoke for 12 years. Uh, we're not afraid to get out there and and try something new and get that energy up. There's something that I love about karaoke and public speaking, which is when you're up there, you have to be in the present moment. There's so much going on that you can't be thinking, being self-conscious about whatever it is or um, thinking about what, you know, you need to do laundry or what's on the grocery list. You have to be in that moment and and fully aware, which is something that I I find really special about it. Uh, Okay. Now, uh, do you want to play a game? Let's do it, man. All right, we're spinning our prize wheel. There are 10 games that it could land on, and you got Awkward Questions, one of my favorites. Uh, I love this. I got to find one that we can do on camera here. Uh, Which capability would you rather possess? The flexibility and agility of a cat or the eyesight of an eagle? Ooh, 
I mean, probably the flexibility of a cat. I mean, what am I going to do with the eyesight of an eagle? I'm just going to look farther. I could just use binoculars for that or something. Yeah, most of us only have to look about 18 inches to the screen yeah. these days anyway. So I'm with you, uh, especially as I get older. The flexibility and agility of a cat would be uh, phenomenal. Uh, what would you prefer to rule the world or to rule the fashion industry with cool, trendy clothes? Why would anyone pick the fashion industry? I'd love to rule the world. That'd be interesting. We can make there some changes. There you go. You're in your first Brennan going for global domination. I like it. I mean, All would right, you answer well, fashion? Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, just like, what does that mean? You just pick people's clothes? It's not really. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot less stress and pressure, though. I was kind of leaning towards the clothes because I think it'd be fun. You'd have a bunch of money and you don't have to, like, be... <laughs> the president you don't have to make any tough decisions you can just be That's like fair. tutus this year uh, and everybody's doing it <laughs> all right last one what would thrill you more your picture on a wheaties box as the next great athlete or a phone call from the president of the united states so quick quick phone a friend who wants to be a millionaire wheaties is a cereal box so i just want to make sure is that yes. is that what it uh, is yeah sorry uh, okay. The no, question no, actually says cereal box. I upgraded it uh, <laughs> to Wheaties. I shouldn't have done that for a Canadian. I apologize. Um, yes, a cereal box um, as the next great athlete or a phone call from the president. Phone call for the president. Hmm. I would probably go with the Wheaties because I don't want to talk to Joe Biden. No offense to the guy, but it's just like, <laughs> what, what is... I was kind of thinking too. Wheaties, like it depends on who's president, uh, for sure. And Barack last, would know, have been awesome. That would have been uh, super cool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was going to say the last six years, maybe not great, but you know, previously in history, that would have been fun. Uh, but I thought you were going to go president because of your quest for global domination and you know, <laughs> hobnobbing with uh, with. He would have forgotten who I was after that phone call, anyway. Especially Joe Biden. No offense to him once again, but not with your communication skills, my friends. But the Joe Biden Biden dig was top notch. <laughs> there. Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, Brendan, congratulations. You did it. Uh, you win the show. You get a free 30 second commercial to talk about uh, anything you want to talk about. Any asks for the audience, how we can help you or how you can help us. I'll take the easy ones. Subscribe to Master Talk on YouTube. I've been a subscriber for a while. Great videos that Brennan puts out every week. And rockstarcommunicator.com. There's a free training there if you need help with public speaking. Anything else you want to uh, share with our audience? Yeah, man. Here's what I'll use my 30-second commercial for. You know, Aubrey Marcus said in a podcast, Mike, that something really fascinating. He said, what if this was the last century that roses would exist? Would you take time to smell the roses? And I thought that was so beautiful because a lot of us, we focus so much on the big things we want in life and we forget about the little amazing things that bring us joy and i would encourage us to focus more on the little roses in our garden rather than just uh, the big spaceship that we want to go on sometimes love that that's what we're all about here at playful humans for sure is don't forget that we're on this planet to play and and have fun and enjoy life so uh go do that Again, the websites are rockstarcommunicator.com, Playful Humans, or Master Talk on YouTube. If you're not subscribed already, you're missing out, my friend. I mean, I love you, but you're just making bad choices on your YouTube channels. And uh, playfulhumans.com slash quiz if you want to take a personality uh, quiz, uh, BuzzFeed style, and find out which playful personality you are. Go check that out. Until next time, go play. Don't wait for tomorrow. Chasing the sunshine 
I started directing traffic there at the end. <laughs>